from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. We're very much a pro chicken finger show. I'm trying to deliver a serious message. Just listen. You're not going to like him when he's angry. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday. Cofield and company. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios. So we get two trending at three. It's trending at three. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Boy, oh boy. I got to catch up on the Colin Morikawa story. I was out to lunch on this thing. I was watching yesterday. And then as, as it was happening, as things were uh, rolling down the stretch and he, he wins, I'm like, whoa, wait, wait a second. I didn't know a lot about his story. You're like, and, oh, nice Japanese player winning the tournament. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> That's I will. I will completely admit I was ignorant on it. Um, and then just his demeanor down the stretch. And then his speech, I thought was really cool. It's good. It's good for golf. I mean, I still, I still favor, you know, Big Bryce and guys like that. I don't think Morikawa was going to have wars with other golfers or be snapping his club or breaking in half. But. Uh, very cool that a young American out of Los Angeles is now what? Like it's like the sixth or seventh guy uh, all time to win two majors before the age of 25. Yeah. I think, that, you know, first I think to win two, uh, win his debut in two different majors. Ooh. Um, a lot of different records that fit. And more importantly than growing up in Los Angeles, our own Colin Morikawa, Las Vegas, Colin Morikawa winning the tournament again. And he is, he is incredible. And, you know, I thought, uh, Friday, he had just an insane round of every single iron shot winding up within like three feet of the pin, which was insane. Yesterday, like he didn't play well, which is crazy for somebody who, you know, shot what three under or three or four under uh, on the t- on the day to win a major. You're like, oh, what a great round. He actually was like he was all over the place. He was scrambling like crazy three different times on the back nine. I looked at a shot that he had and said, okay, well, he can't par. This is probably a bogey, maybe worse, because I, the only bet I had for this tournament was Jordan Spieth. So I was, even though I love Colin Morikawa, I was cheering against him yesterday. And I was like, all right, well, par at best, maybe bogey. Let's hope maybe he, give, he goes double bogey here. And then he would, like, get a birdie. Like, where did that come from? He was scrambling all over the place. And, you know, it, two different styles between his Friday round and his Sunday round, both very, very effective. And he wins a tournament. Well, that would be nice to have the 33 to one at the beginning of the tournament. Real nice. Especially for a guy who's that good. Well, and also considering on Friday, uh, I made him minus $9 live. <laughs> I said, I've, <laughs> I've never played. I've never seen somebody playing this well. Uh, I'm going to make him minus $9 to win this tournament. Turns out I should have just bet him because I was right. Um, but yeah, that was, that was his Friday round is I, I, I will never forget uh, the iron play that I saw on Friday. And yeah, if you had 33 to one, great work. If you had, you know, 22 to one on Jordan Spieth, worth nothing. <laughs> Sucks. I love, I will never forget the iron play. What it, it was insane. By the way, what is going on with you and Von Tobel? Like Von Tobel was even more effusive in his praise for Morikawa. And I was just, I just kept well, laughing. I'm like, what is happening here? You guys were hanging out with each other. We were watching, building we were each watching, other up. Exactly. We were watching it together. Calm down. <laughs> yes. I think he's a hometown guy though. Yeah. So we should embrace sure. him like we do. Should I? Do I need a song? Some sort of Colin song? 
like I have with uh, Joey. Sure. Joey. I mean, rough weekend for Joey. If you've never sat with somebody at three thirty in the morning on yeah. a Friday morning and really <laughs> broke down somebody's iron play, then you really know them. So yeah, I think that's that's what happened to us. We were we we're talking to each other about it. Did you do the Sunday viewing party? No, because the what? ringleader somehow uh, the ringleader of the entire gathering is in North Dakota for some reason. I have no idea why. A uh, blessing's not the ringleader. No, oh, I thought he was. No. Another That's a bummer. I was actually I was program. trying to I was trying to chat you up. I think on Saturday night I was like, uh, you know, I get to drop a hint on where the uh, the big viewing party is because you said one of two places, and then I thought to myself, that's kind of weird. It's usually set like a week out. You guys have this big you know viewing yeah. deal with a bunch of sportsbook people with like twenty of you, uh, maybe more, and uh, you guys all some of you make it all the way to the you know the winner, which was what around like ten thirty our time, sure, the winning moment, and then uh, you know you're there super early, so usually there around one or two in the morning, make it all the way through till. 1030 and then sometimes it even goes all day with baseball throughout the day as you're watching it but uh yeah this year uh, i had somebody text on saturday like where are we going i'm like i don't know ask the guy and then they were like he's out of town oh wow i gotta tell you i was really preoccupied the whole weekend it was sports versus you're gonna be shocked i don't know space jam okay i haven't watched oh i knew i knew if i didn't message you you hadn't watched so i'm not gonna spoil it today but i did watch okay. one and then two. You watched both. I watched the Michael Jordan version, 1996. Oh we found out when we looked it up on on Friday that the release was November 15th, 1996. Well, I had gotten here like to Vegas, August 26th, I think. Okay. Something like that. Maybe August 15th of 96. So I think I was just in a haze. It was To me, it was more of a kid's movie. I was 26 at the time. I just moved here. I was all fired up, you know, doing radio. For uh, you know, national sports fan radio network. Actually, I don't even know if I was on the air by then. I was just producing behind the scenes. But uh, I was trying to think why I wouldn't have seen it. Uh, but I never watched it since. And so I I did uh, sort of back to back with Michael Jordan Space Jam and then LeBron Space Jam. Real, real quick before you get to that, I was going to say like you you call it, you call it maybe a kids like movie. I will say I was just, it was the start of my senior year in high school. Hmm. Uh, we were just we were still reeling from Tupac's death. Couple months earlier. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, that's and the other thing. I like shortly after I got here, so I didn't get here on. Was August twenty sixth the day? The day he got shot? No, it was September seventh. He got shot. Okay. So he, died, he died September thirteenth. Okay. Yeah. So there was a lot going on here. Sure. Sure. You you brought negativity to Vegas, and then yes. Tupac got killed. Yes, I brought I brought gun violence. That was that was uh, me me with but, my uh, my hard scrabble background in the Northeast. But I'll say, uh, as as a senior in high school at the time, it was it was massive in high school. Like, because Jordan was so big. Jordan was yeah. was just can, such I, a phenom. I can imagine. Actually, watching watching the beginning of the movie and then seeing a lot of the old-time players, old-time, um, like some of the biggest players in the world were in there. Sean yeah. Bradley made it. Which is still baffling. Which, you know, rooting for Sean Bradley because he just suffered a bad accident yeah. a few months ago. But, uh, yeah, Muggsy Bogues, LJ made a couple of Grandma Ma references. They had to all have, like, the same agent or something, right? Patrick Ewing, Barkley. Barkley was pretty good. Oh, yeah. I, it was it was a fun movie. Bradley actually had I think mo most of the speaking roles on the on the team. Uh, I'll say at the time Barkley was a better actor, and that may be where the 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 positive difference is for LeBron. Much better actor, of course. Now I think Jordan stands are going to be pissed off because we're going to talk about this again when you watch it. I don't sure. want to spoil it for you, uh, but both were interesting. I actually liked the first one. I'll do it tonight. I was going to wait for the plane. Uh, I was a little weekend. nervous. I was a little nervous at the end of Space Jam 1. I was like, how are they going to do this? 
Because you watch the first one, you're like, how are they going to? Those mon- those monsters were freaking big. Oh, you're and, and he did not. Uh, Jordan did not have a good supporting cast. So you weren't concerned about how they're going to make a second one. You, your concern was how are they how are they going to actually win this game? Well, I I knew they beat the monsters, but I was like, this is looking really shaky. They set me up pretty well here. I mean, it, it, all hope seemed lost at halftime. You're right. I mean, knowing that they win, it changes it. It's spoilers. Now, I, I'm sorry if we just spoiled the 96 version for you. I haven't seen it. If you're planning on doing back-to-back like I did. I'm going to say I, I haven't watched the second one. I, I'm going to say spoiler. They win again? Well, you guys ruined that on Friday. You With both the odds? ruined it. Yeah. Well, no, no. You guys you guys kept giving the score. From the first one? No, from the second one. Actually, you didn't. John Von Tobel did. Yeah, because it's in the trailer. Yeah. Because we were I talking about you guys. Uh, you did a company takeover of uh visa in the morning sure and i had joked the night before i was like please because these people are lunatics right now they want hardcore sports betting uh and i was i told you please do an hour of space jam two props we did 20 minutes i have to go look over the props i don't know all the winners i'll have to go back and check now that i've seen the movie i didn't track the winners there's a lot of uh individual like point props oh really yeah which you don't really know unless they uh, they probably don't show a box score but you don't know unless they show them score in the movie well i don't want to i don't want to give away how they got to over a thousand points I mean, knowing that there was over a thousand points, I figure most of the individual props hit. You would think. <laughs> okay. It was so ex- the LeBron game was so exciting. I it was I couldn't even keep track of who was scoring. It was I, very I'm, exciting. I'm watching tonight. I got. I'll, I'll get this. I'll you should. Get this it did. It actually did pretty well at the box office. It yeah. did 31 million. Yeah, in a, in a different time of box office for sure. Uh, yeah, that's the other. The first thing I thought of, I'm like, wait, oh, that's right, movies are open, and you don't have to watch this on HBO Max if you don't want to. Right. Now, I did. Yeah. Which I'm sure ruined the experience. Actually, based on the film, it probably is. It's a probably a much better. That didn't make sense. Based on the complexities of the movie, it probably is much better on a big screen. So you're saying I should go to the theater tonight? No. I mean, do what you have to do to watch the movie. Maybe I'll go to a theater. Are you going to go to a theater? I haven't been in two years. Why not? All right. Big news out of the weekend. Space Jam review. I will put it on hold. I will say there was. Can I? I, I will give away one thing. Okay. Can I do that or should? Nah, I'm not going to do it. I'll do it during the break. How about? I mean, go ahead. People, if they mm-hmm. wanted to watch it that bad, they would have watched no. it, right? No. No. I'm not going to do it. I don't <laughs> want to ruin it. You seem to be wanting to ruin it. You're no, no, actually, no. What I'm what I'm exhibiting here is my ability not to ruin it, unlike you guys. Because John could not stop from saying the score on Friday, and it's like, dude, it just came out like whatever, sixteen hours ago. Let me watch it. Well, there's props. You, you, you know, you're trying to settle some bets. It's completely ridiculous. Did Lola score? That was one of the props. Uh, we're gonna get to what happened in the NBA Finals game number five in just a couple minutes. But big weekend in the NHL. A uh, big week, bigger week coming up with the expansion draft. So we'll get into some of the value names that are on there. There's certainly the carry price angle, which is really interesting for the Kraken, but the Knights did make a big move. We'll hit on that the way back. Uh, did they solve some of their problems? Uh, clearly, they were not down with Cody Glass throughout the season, especially at the end of the season when they could have used someone with his skill set at his position. He's gone. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Rich Paul, his agent, brings his girlfriend to the game to sit next to LeBron. His girlfriend is Adele. Rich Paul is at the game with Adele. Now, back to Cofield and Company. 
LeBron is watching the game with Adele. If you're gonna let me down, let me down gently. Don't pretend that you don't want me. Our loving water under the bridge. If you're gonna let me down, let me down gently. Don't Seems a little bit defeatist by our vast sound crew. Crank it up. Is Adele asking Rich Paul already for a proclamation of love, and she's already talking about it. if you're going to let me down, let me know now. Is this are her songs? Are they mostly self-motivated? I don't know. Has I mean, there I been this her, much heartbreak? I know her music. I would. I, wouldn't you? Based on her music, wouldn't you be really afraid to go in a relationship with Adele? Be like, eh, more so than T Swift. Well, that's that's a whole other. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a disaster. That's, that's a roller coaster ride. Yes. Yeah. Like Taylor's just getting relationships to have songs about. So, yeah, BBW, uh, Big Brian Windhorst, uh, on with uh, whatever his name is, Lowe there. Um, I was going to call him Rob Lowe and then Chad Lowe. Is that either one of them? Zach? Zach Lowe. There you okay. go. Okay. Wrong, wrong Lowe's. Um, he really seemed fixated on breaking that news. Well, I'm glad. He's just, he's like, Adele, Adele, but Adele, I, the Adele, way he said Adele, it is, Adele. The- LeBron said it. So, LeBron's watching the game with Adele. Okay, we get it. Rich Paul's going out with Adele. Well, he didn't. He started off with Rich Paul brought his girlfriend. And you're like, okay, his girlfriend is Adele. Like, oh, well, by the way, could have led with that because that is, that was a major question coming out of Saturday night. It, I don't know if it was in your world. It was in mine because I will say uh, I was at UFC on Saturday night watching the fights. The, you know, the dunk happened, which was unbelievable. The photo starts circulating. And you know how. I'm, you've been on press rows. Everybody starts circulating. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Holding their phone out to the next guy. Hey, look at this. Or your computer turning around the screen to somebody. And I would say of the like 15 people that looked at the photo on my computer or on my phone, like 12 of them were, is that Adele? Because Adele is like going nuts on the dunk. <laughs> They're like, why is Adele there? And there was a huge mystery going on. And uh, it turns out we learned the answer to it. So I'm glad that he broke this story it was very hard-hitting important news i'm sure a lot of people because i've, I've seen these on twitter before who cares like believe me people were interested oh people care of course uh they care in the uk <laughs> yeah they believe me, this thing was and actually bbw said that part of the cut from big brian windhorst was uh wait until what happens in england now sure i guess she is a national icon and i would assume because of her songs and I, I really don't know any of the history of Adele, like real heartbreak or anything. She just got or, divorced. Oh, she did. Yeah, like within the last couple of months. Oh, this is gigantic. Though. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know, you know, the British tabloids are all about these relationships, these celebrity relationships. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are. They are all in for sure. There's no. There's no doubt. And uh, I, I, I mean, it's kind of weird that BBW is like, here's some breaking news. Wait till they find out about my breaking news in England. <laughs> But it's true. He would seem to be the kind of guy who, who would get mad at scoops like this. If other people did him? Like stick to sports. I don't know. But he's so in with Clutch and right. Rich Paul and LeBron that this is a big one for him. He, it sounds like he just couldn't wait. Do you think Woj, as uh, I mean, Al Hassan was saying last week, you think Woj wanted to step on BBW's neck and steal the scoop? And then say via Big Brian Windhorst, I confirm it. BBW bomb? Yeah. He probably confirmed. Now we're getting a little too deep right now. All right. More on the finals Media here in a second. Uh, big news of the weekend locally. All right. Did they just fix a big problem or they just add another 
piece to the mix. Cody Glass out, and who do they get back? <laughs> they, they get back uh, the, the kid from Philadelphia, Patrick, who went f- via Nashville to Vegas. He is another. He is a very similar player to Cody Glass in that center. Hasn't panned out. Number Top two, number draft. two overall pick. Same draft as Co- in the 2017 draft. Cody Glass was sixth. Wow. Patrick was second okay. in that draft. And so it's it's essentially, and I, uh, Kelly McCrimmon said as much, not directly, but if you read into what he's saying, he's basically like, hey, this is their problem and our problem, and we're going to see if our problems kind of fix themselves just by finding new scenery. Um, now, it's another guy who played for Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, in Brandon uh, when he was up there. So a guy that he's familiar with, and that's that seems to be a path that he likes to take, uh, is bringing in the guys uh, that he knows that he's familiar with. But it was pretty clear that Cody Glass had fallen out of favor here. I, You know, my read on it, just from listening to Pete DeBoer talk about it quite a bit, is like Pete DeBoer was just like, not my kind of player, not my guy. And what do you think that means? Sometimes that happens. I, sometimes it just doesn't fit your system. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't, you know, you don't, for whatever reason, gel with somebody. Uh, Cody Glass was hurt. We know that. He was trying to work his way back. I don't think you know he ever was fully back and healthy and fully ready to go. And I think the from the Knights' perspective, they're like, hey, he's healthy. He should be doing what we want him to do. And I think from the other side, it was like, well, I'm still working my way back from an injury. Um, you know, where, where is it going to be? I, I think Cody Glass will still be very successful in the league. But I also don't think like that you can look at this and say – Oh, Cody Glass is good now. What if they still had him? Like, I just, I don't know if, if, if it ever would have worked here. I don't know if he ever would have reached his potential or gotten to where he wanted to be just based on the fact that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in the immediate plans clearly for the Golden Knights. And there was not maybe a, a set role for him. They didn't feel that, you know, he fit in where they wanted to. They moved him around a little bit, um, tried to find the right spot for him. And, you know, we go back a couple of weeks and when Pete DeBoer was talking after the season, he was saying, Hey, listen, we put some of these young guys in great positions. He was talking about Cody Glass. It wasn't the young guys in general. He never said his name, but he was talking about Cody Glass and saying, we put these guys in in, in high-level situations. We put them in, on the first line. We put them on the power play. We've, we've given them every opportunity, and you know some of them have seized it and some of them hasn't, haven't. Uh, and you know it seemed like at the time the writing was on the wall that Cody Glass wasn't uh, the top-level prospect that they – you know, he, that he was viewed at, especially by the fans here who uh, could not wait to see him. And but where, how, where the Golden Knights saw him just two years ago, they would not include him in some of these deals. He was he was untouchable. And new regime, just not the same, uh, not viewed the same. And, of course, the injury doesn't help that. Uh, but, yeah, a, a lot of pieces there, a lot of moving pieces with the Golden Knights over the last couple of years to, to find themselves in this position. But, again, I, I, I just think it's – you know, I, I envision a scenario two, three years from now where Cody Glass is having a really good season and people are like, see, Cody Glass, what if they had him? I just don't know that it ever would have happened here. What does that mean? It's not going to happen for Nolan Patrick? You don't know. I mean, nobody knows, really. But they, they wanted a, they wanted a big, you know, physical-type center. They wanted a guy who could play center. They they're, they have centers on the team, of course, and in the organization, but they need to strengthen that part of the team. And I know they were looking for a guy to fill that role, and you know we saw in you know late in the year uh, some of the center depth was was really put to the test, and they wanted to get get stronger there. I I think that they believe he has the talent. Again, another guy who like Cody Glass, uh, Cody Glass was injured. Uh, Nolan Patrick was a 
Uh, he missed a whole year with migraine situation, which I know a lot of people are familiar with from like Percy Harvin in the NFL. Uh, there's been situations like that, but he missed a full season. Uh, I don't think he was all the way back last year, uh, but you know he tried to play through it, and now we'll see how how he develops. But again, a guy that Kelly McCrimmon is very familiar with, we know that he's preferred to take chances on those types of guys, and it's it's it is hey. You have a problem. We have a problem. We don't know if these top prospects we drafted are ever going to really work for us. How about we trade them, change the scenery? Maybe it works for both of them, and uh, we'll see how that plays out. All right. Well, let's stick on this, the uh, theme of centers going to the NBA. So, Bucks are up 3-2 now. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone flip out about this yet, but I thought it was interesting. Center, DeAndre Ayton of the Suns. Do you see this quote? Talking about being down 3-2. He goes, I like it. It's fun. The tables are turned now. Now we're the desperate team. We had our chances of being up and trying to finish the job. Now we're in the same position they were in. They're up. And now we got to go get it. That's why it's a little bit more fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of feel like I feel like athletes who don't like truly grow up around the American sports culture and Aiton's a Bahamas guy. Um, and we, we've seen, you know, Greek Freak wasn't flipping out that, you know, uh, KD was torching him, right? Saying basically, hey, he's the greatest player in the world. He's going to get his. And, you know, Stephen A came in the next day and he's like, you can't do that. It's on you. When you talk about defense, it's on you. Uh, are you disturbed when you hear someone say that? Or is it kind of like, hey, you know what? He's, he's loose about it. He, he realizes what's going on. Now they have max motivation. Well, it's also why context is important for quotes, right? Where when you hear the whole quote, you're like, all right, I, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, the, the it's fun part kind of silly and i'm sure fans are gonna flip out about that part but if you see the quote that said you know what's it like being down three two now and he says it's fun you're like what <laughs> he freaked out about it uh but in from his perspective i think what he's saying is hey we were up two nothing and they got to play a much different game they got to play desperate and and aggressive and um you know not protecting something like we were uh you what you would want to say is why don't you just keep that mentality, you know, play like you're down 2-0, but you can't simulate that. You can't invent that sometimes. And we saw the Bucks, you know, get aggressive in changing what they wanted to do. Uh, we saw them really uh, get focused on getting the, the basket, getting the basketball in the, in the paint, getting it toward the rim and dominating the paint as they have done the last couple of games. And that was because they knew that they needed to change what they were doing. Now the, the Suns get to kind of adjust back. You would have hoped they did it for game five. I thought they would probably do it for game five and, you know, have a, a different look. And they did early on up 16. You know, they were they were playing really well with the Bucks rallied back. And now uh, the Suns are in a position where they're down three, two. And I guess they can, you know, play the underdog role and the chip on their shoulder role. And that's what DeAndre Ayton wants. The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield and Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield and Co. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Tonight, time is running out for the A's to reach a deal with the city on their plan to build a ballpark at Howard Terminal. The main sticking point remains, who's going to pay to improve the infrastructure surrounding the new ballpark here at Howard Terminal? It's clear, if a deal is going to get done, this is going to go into extra innings. But now the question is, will the two sides even get there? If you want to hear some of this G-A-M-A. Oakland, 
In the crosshairs, the city council in the crosshairs. That report from uh, CBS in San Fran on the TV side. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. I don't know what's going to go on tomorrow or what's going to go down tomorrow. I don't know what the term sheets are they're even voting on. It's so G-damn confusing. You get this negative vibe from the A side. But as we were saying on Friday, pump the brakes. For for <laughs> Las Vegans who are like, hey, this is it, and then they move on. <laughs> right. I don't believe that's the case. Let's uh, listen to a little more of the report. You can hear there's like dueling offer sheets and the, the first reaction from the city council. The A's are disappointed in that. Athletics team president Dave Cavill says he was disappointed to see this term sheet released by the city of Oakland. The term sheet was really a step backwards. You know, we'd spent almost three days in constant negotiations with the city team. Uh, we, I thought we were getting closer, but then what came out in writing was even farther apart. Cavill says the two sides are still more than a half a billion dollars apart, with off-site infrastructure improvements being the major issue. All right. So first reaction from the city council was after days of negotiating was sent on the back that the A's didn't like. And, you know, they're arguing about the infrastructure, which is a big deal because sure. that Howard Terminal, it, this project is a gigantic project. We're talking about a billion dollars of private money, um, you know, being driven by the A's for the stadium portion. And, and uh, some of that, uh, you know, beyond in terms of the project, which is going to have uh, retail and then residential. I'm not sure if there's a, a hotel there. Keep going. Mayor Libby Schaff released a statement saying the term sheet put forth by city staff moves us one step closer to making the vision of a world-class ballpark a reality. If approved, the waterfront ballpark project at Howard Terminal will be a game changer for West Oakland and our entire region, providing affordable housing, public parks, great jobs, and other direct benefits for the community. The A's, though, contend this term sheet is vastly different from their proposal that they submitted in April. So I guess what we're trying to figure out here, are the A's really committed to more negotiations? Or like Bobby Manfred said last week, like, this is it. Yeah. It, the, uh, the, the A's have called it a last at bat. Right. For the city of and, Oakland. And the response from Libby Schaff, the mayor, and others in Oakland seems to be like, it's all the process. Like, wait, right. is this the beginning of the process or the end of the process? So. I mean, the middle I've, of the process. I've tried to read a lot about this, and I'm still right pretty pretty confused as to what's going to happen. But I I mean, my feeling on this is that the city of Oakland tomorrow is going to vote yes on this deal. So, like, but it seems like, and then the A's, yeah, yes. Oh, you think even if they vote yes, they're gonna, they're going to vote yes, and the A's are going to consider it a no because it's not because it was the, because it's the city council term sheet right. versus the A's term sheet. Right. And the A's said, "Hey, here's the term sheet. This is how we should structure everything." And the city council said, "Here's our vision. This is our working paper. Here's how we should structure it. This is what we're voting on." And the A's are like, "Well, you're voting on something that we don't agree to." So, it, they're going to vote yes, and it's going to be a no. What that really would do, I would imagine, is get them to start negotiating between their the A's term sheet and the city council's term sheet. But the A's seem to say, be saying like, no, this is this is it. This is our final offer. Let's see where we go from here. But we're going to fight till the end to make this thing happen um, because it's worth fighting for, uh, for our fans and for the community. 
But at the end of the day, it's not our decision. The positive note may be that the two sides agree on one thing, and that is more negotiations are necessary. Do they? I mean, last at bat doesn't sound like <laughs> unless you're saying you're gonna the last at bat is gonna force extra innings. I guess. That said, I don't think tomorrow is an, an end of things if they vote yes on their term sheet with the city council. Again, that the vote is tomorrow, uh, and they've been lining up Vegas as a potential threat. I'm not sure that you know, we've moved very far along on the Vegas end. So you want you want to go through these negotiations here too? Oh, it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And as you'll hear later, apparently shovels are going in the ground for a mega project, that Jackie Robinson project at Wet n' Wild, which like my question on that one is why is it an arena? Why is that project not like first in line to try to get the ace? Because isn't it's a, it's a basketball themed resort, right? I don't know what the theme is. That's I just know, I, I just I know the plan like is, City. I just know the plan is, to build a 2,500-room hotel, uh, tons of office and convention space, and some sort of – right now it's an arena. I guess that would be more multifunctional than a baseball stadium, but another 20,000-seat arena in town? That one seems weird to me. So we'll get to that in the 5 o'clock hour. It, it's crazy right now, and the first step is just to see what happens tomorrow with the A's and the Oakland City Council. On the way back, let's get into some baseball on the field, talk a little gambling, see what happened over the weekend, and also look ahead to the second half here as uh, trades are going to happen, and we'll see which teams are going to make the big deals to improve their chances at the playoffs. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company. They said to go, go, go. It's a fair ball. It's a fair ball. Oh, my goodness. It's a fair ball. Do you believe this? It's still in play. Pirates score three. Oh, my gosh. We've seen it all now. We've seen it all. There goes Rojas. He might not be the first. He just bumped the home plate umpire. Oh boy, buffoonery at its best. The uh, Mets with a major gaffe. Taiwan Walker, not reading it correctly, swiping the ball down the line towards the backstop, the dugout. And uh, that was part of a six-run inning for the uh, Pyrites, but they screwed it up. So Mets actually get the victory. Uh, Walker dinged with uh, six earned, got well, six uh, got destroyed. Dave Koken is our baseball guy on Mondays. He joins us here on Cofield and Company. What's up, Dave? Is Dave there? All right, we'll get Dave going here in a second. Sure. It was it was a bizarre scenario for sure. I mean, he kind of did the right thing, but it was so close to the third base line. Basically, Kevin Newman hits one. I thought it hit him. It rolls up so the line. I. It starts moving back. And, you know, you're told, hey, make it a foul ball when you can. He tries to swipe it, but it, like, barely hit the line. He freaking swipes it to the near the dugout, you know, near the the, uh, the backstop. And all of a sudden, it's just freaking a carousel around the bases. The and they have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah, the ump rules fair right away. And instead of going to get the ball, which is now over by the dugout, everybody just runs to the umpire to argue. Meanwhile, the 
the base runners are just circling the bases. It was, I mean, it was funny. It was fun to watch, but you can't, you can't allow that to happen. Uh, but in the end, as you said, uh, Pirates get six in that inning, and they're they're on their way, and then the Mets rally back and get the victory. Mets are so-so right now. But the big problem is, again, they've got to give Jake DeGrom a break because he's got some forearm issues. Oh, boy. So they're so teetering on, you know, being a – a t- team that's 10 under 500 and one that's five over 500 without DeGrom for any length of period that could freaking sink them. Although the teams behind them are all kind of messed up too. Uh, we don't know what's going on with the Phillies because they may have some COVID issues the rest of the year. Cause now Nola proudly proclaimed that he ain't getting vaccinated. Uh, Ronald Acuna just went down for the Braves. So they're trying to make it up by, you know, adding Jock Peterson, which is not exactly going to fill that void completely. And then the nationals, I have no idea. Week to week, they're a different team. So this could be the division that has an 83-game winner. Sure. But it's fine, you know, with DeGrom, as far as he's concerned. It's fine because usually forearm issues and pitchers, just no issue. Well, it's generally a disaster. Exactly. That was my joke. I, I get the joke. I get yeah, the Tommy John joke. It's usually, yeah, it's nothing. You Who, would you bet? Who would you bet on right now if you're going to bet a future? I don't know. Maybe the Phillies? I don't know. I don't know. Who's <laughs> it's, it's a disaster. The mess. I mean, the Mets have been able to endure all kinds of injury concerns, and looks, you know, Lindor maybe done the year now. Um, it's it's as you said, it's a weird division with every every team has some flaws and some issues right now that they have to go through. Uh, I don't know who's going to survive it. The Mets, like, if you want to say a team has done a good job um, of at least kind of treading water, I guess, and they they should get some guys back. So maybe they have maybe they have an inside track. All right, Dave Coken is with us. We were just talking about the Mets struggles uh, on that play over the weekend and where the Mets are right now. What's up, Dave? Yeah, the Pirates uh, for once on the right side of a gaff, and then they managed to screw the game up anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that that's the Pirates. Uh, the Mets got troubles. Uh, I, I think Lindor has probably gone for a month with the oblique situation. I would not be surprised if the Mets try and go after Javier Baez. Uh, he can obviously fill the void at shortstop, and they can move him over to second base afterward and then try and sign him in the offseason. I mean, the Mets are going to spend money, and Baez might be a guy they'd, they'd like to target anyway. They're in position to make the playoffs. I mean, you, you can't – not that Lindor's been good, uh, but he's a big team chemistry guy, and they're better with him than without him. So yeah. I, I think given their position, they need to go out and try and pick up a shortstop. And, and Baez, is, he's available. Everybody in the Cubs is available. So I, I saw the Baez rumors. I just wonder if you're team building, and you know, I'm all about the Mets and Cohen spending money. Do you invest like $600 million in middle infielders? I think if you're the Mets, you've got to. You haven't been around as a contender for a while. You're at, you are a contender right now. Uh, you've got – a team with, that's loaded with prospects in Atlanta that's had a, a bad year that's probably going to be a, a lot better next season. The Marlins are young and improving. I think the Mets have got to go for it right now, to be honest with you, especially if they think DeGrom's going to be healthy by the end of the season. Now, we were just talking about you know, who could catch up to the Mets and pass them, and the Phillies certainly are you know a big market team. They're going to try to make some additions. I saw rumors with them that they could be interested in Starling Marte, which I think is gettable, but also that Byron Buxton – could be available. This is a weird situation for the Twins. They should be building around the guy, but what are you actually building around if he doesn't, he doesn't play? 
That's the problem. Uh, he's always hurt. But he's such a good player, and he's so young, and he's just getting into his prime. Yep. I, I don't know. To me, the Twins, I, I just don't think that's the guy they can deal. Uh, they can deal Nelson Cruz and, and probably will. Uh, they might want to take a look at shopping Donaldson. But Buxton, I, he's, he's the future of the team. There's nobody better in the organization. There's very few better players out there. And I, I just don't think the Twins fan base would stand for it. And I, quite frankly, I think it'd be kind of a stupid move on their part. They're not going to get a lot for him. Uh, so why deal him? You only deal if, if you're going to get your money's worth. Dave Koken's with us. You can find all of his stuff at wagertalk.com. And, of course, he does uh, DC and the Sunshine Man, the podcast on Friday nights with myself. And Willie Ramirez also uh, in on those very often. All right, what's your take out of the uh, Yankees and the Red Sox series, do you feel a slide beginning for the Red Sox? No, no, not really. Uh, they've got a balanced lineup. They're healthy. They're going to get Chris Sale back in a few weeks from all appearances. He touched 97 in his most recent throwing session, uh, and that was against. And that was actually in live competition. So, you know, it's just a, nobody's going to play 650 ball for the whole year or whatever they're at. And, uh, and they caught the Yankees in the wrong weekend. Uh, Yankees finally showed a little bit of life. Uh, but the Red Sox are in good shape right now, and I, I, it, it's hard to see them not making the playoffs. What do you want to do with tonight's game? Are you going to play anything on uh, the uh, Red Sox and the Blue Jays? No. Um, some of the pitching numbers favored Pavetta, but he hasn't been real good lately. It's not a great situation for the Red Sox from a scheduling standpoint coming out of the night game. and It was a long game, as usual, against the Yankees. And uh, Toronto's got momentum right now, coming off uh, just annihilating the Rangers twice yesterday. So I, don't, I think the spot favors the Blue Jays, but uh, the price isn't right. Did you have anything you liked today? Not really. Uh, I, I played one game. I bet the Diamondbacks' first five innings. Uh, Caleb Smith's off the worst performance of his career, and he was just, I happened to be watching, and he was just furious in the dugout afterwards. So I think he's going to be motivated tonight. Uh, Diamondbacks, actually one of the weirdest numbers of the year, as bad as the Diamondbacks are, they're only two games under five hundred for the first five innings in home games. And the, wow. the Pirates have only been ahead after five innings in 11 of their 46 road games. So probably got the better pitcher on the mound in a, in a situation where he figures to be motivated. Pirates off a terrible loss yesterday. I think the Diamondbacks' first five, not the worst play in the world. The only bad thing is you have to lay about 130, but I, I don't think it's a, the worst investment out there. In the same division, is this where we see the Dodgers finally overtake the Giants? The Giants have been really just impressive all year long, but they do have some injuries starting to catch up with them. They do, but they're still getting good pitching, and Kevin Gossman's been the best of their good pitchers. Uh, I'm not going against Gossman. Uh, this is a big series for the Giants, though, uh, because the Dodgers are kind of sniffing their, at their heels now. And the Giants did fade a little bit down the stretch last year, so I, I think they want to avoid that. Um, San Francisco is certainly going to be shopping at the deadline. I mean, I don't think they expected to be in this position. They are, though, and they've got some pieces they can trade, and you may as well go for it right now if you're the Giants because they've certainly exceeded expectations. Yeah, this is a three-game series. I think the Giants have to take two of three, considering the fact that tonight is Gonsolin and tomorrow was iffy, but it looks like it's going to be prospect uh, Josiah Gray yep. for the Dodgers, but I wouldn't expect either guy to go beyond three or four innings. So then all of a sudden, especially in the second game of the series, that bullpen could be really taxed for the Dodgers. Well, I think Gonsolin, if he's on, will pitch long. They're starting to stretch him out, so I think they'll get okay. five or six out of him tonight uh, if he's pitching well. But, you know, that, that's that's no sure thing. Uh, although he has been pretty good so far, but the key is Gossman. 
who's been he's been just great for San Francisco, and he needs to keep it going uh, as he's their he's their main guy. There's no question about that. Dave Kokens with us. So WagerTalk.com is where you can find uh, all of Dave's stuff. All right, Dave. Important update. Very important update. Life update. What's going on with the cat situation? I, I have a new old cat. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I got him from Hearts Alive. He'd been there for quite some time. I think since the beginning of March. He's older. He's got a couple of health issues, but he's he was the staff favorite uh, because he's a very talkative uh, chatterbox cat, and he's a lot of fun. I, I've got him here. He's acclimated himself to his surroundings pretty quickly. He's being quiet right now. Uh, he's normally pretty noisy, uh, but uh, he likes me. I like him, and I think it's going to work out pretty well. Is this going to be a problem at night if he's a loud night cat? No. Uh, I've, I've had cats that are noisy before. You just ignore them. Uh, if, if you respond to them when they're meowing like crazy, they'll keep doing it because they'll figure out that's how they get attention. So I just ignore him when he starts doing it. He stops after a while, and, uh, uh, and then I'll go get him. There so, he is. They're not, they're not real, you know, they're not as smart as dogs, but they're not stupid. So you can teach them things, and he's catching on pretty quickly. How do you, how do you know if a cat likes you? Uh, if you pick him up and he's purring, that's a pretty good sign. Okay. <laughs> you ask a stupid question, you get a direct answer right back in your I face. wanted a direct answer. I don't know cats. I don't understand them, so I'm glad that's a good sign. I'll know that. I've never, I've never been able to pick up a cat because I'm so deathly allergic to them, but it, that sounds nice. Get a short hair, and you won't be probably won't be allergic to it, or shave okay. them down. It's fair. The cat, you're a good the guy. Cat, the cats don't care if they're shaved down. No, they don't. Uh, you're a good guy, Dave. That, that's very nice to do. And uh, also, we should mention Hearts Alive. Really, is a uh, it's a good cause, and they're they're taking donations all the time, and especially on uh, you know cat toys and stuff like that. You know, litter boxes, and so uh, look them up, Dave. They're on South Rainbow, right? Yeah, South Rainbow. Uh, I think between Oki and Charleston, and uh, they are loaded with animals right now because a lot of people who got them during the pandemic have now yeah. decided that they can't uh, can't keep them anymore and they've turned them back in, which sucks for the animals. So go get one. Uh, it'll make your life better. All right, Dave. Good luck this week. We'll talk to you on Friday. You got it. There he is, Dave Koken. Cat guy. Steve Cofield, cat guy. Adam Hill, not so much a cat guy. No, what? I, I don't you hate them. You just, no. you just, you know, you need, uh, you need Benadryl as soon as you start walking up the sidewalk to get near the house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I pull into your driveway and my eyes swell shut. Our neighborhood is a really bad cat neighborhood too. It really? Because there's a, there's a lady down the way who at one point had, uh, her and a neighbor were sharing like 35 cats. It was a really bad situation. So, uh, it wasn't hard to lie, but someone else came out and trapped like all 35 and did catch and release with the, with the ones that were healthy enough. So that's nice. Yeah. But it's a cat neighborhood for sure. The pigeons. Well, I had a big pigeon problem like four years ago. Not anymore. Ooh, nope. <laughs> Do not mess around because there could be there could be, like, a, there could be a cat around any corner. We got like bobcats in the, in the neighborhood. They're hungry. They're hunters. At least the neighborhood. I'm I'm glad my dogs haven't dragged in any birds. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.